This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to the MK1 podcast, your order hub for everything Milton Keynes Dons. Well, it's been a bit, a bit patchy the past couple sort of weeks or so of us for getting down for an episode. Um, a mix of MK Dons not playing many games, us being busy because of Christmas and New Year. Um, but we're hoping that we're back to a sort of more consistent schedule now of weekly episodes, whether that be on a Wednesday or later in the week. Um, and we have a birthday boy on, on the podcast, Joe. How are we doing, mate? Yeah, I'm one year older, um, <laughs> one year closer to 30. Um, I'm, I'm now the wrong side of my 20s. I'm, I'm nearing, I'm, I'm in my latter stages of, the tw- of my 20s. But um, no, thank you very much. Um, yeah, I'm currently sat um, after a day at work with a, with a curry and, and a podcast talking about MK Dons and... Um, yeah, I mean, I think if Saturday went a bit differently, then it could maybe have been a bit of a difficult thing to do, but I'm quite looking forward to talking about us. So, uh, yeah, can't complain yourself. Yeah, no, no, I'm very grateful that you're taking up part of your birthday to chat to myself and everyone else, of course, listening to the podcast. But, yeah, decent. Um, was was the last decision not to go to Tranmere, actually, on my end, and uh, I definitely regretted it once I scored Ed Harrison, Ed Harrison score at last-minute goal. Um, but yeah, no, it sounded like a bit of a lively one. And obviously, what happened after the game as well, which we won't talk about too much. I'm sure people would have seen it by now. Um, but yeah, we'll focus our, our focus is on the pitch. And yeah, I've, I've, a big three points actually. Obviously, we, we broadcasted it a fair bit on our socials, but these were you know, coming into the game, Tramir and MK on two of the former teams in not only the country, but League Two as well. Um, and you know, and I think if you actually watched the game and you were there, you, you wouldn't really be able to tell that was the case. Obviously, you know, if you, I mean, even from a stats perspective, and we'll get Joe's thoughts on it from an in-person perspective in a second, but, you know, 60% possession, 25 shots, six on target, comparing to Tramir's 36%, five and two. Um, and this is even more than that. We had triple their corners, you know, four big chances to their none. It was... It was a pretty impressive performance on the whole. And of course, you know, we take the lead pretty early through an Alex Gilby goal, which uh, after a, a pretty abysmal throwing, which um, that's, again, that's been shared on social quite a bit as well, actually. Uh, a nice little counter-attack goal where Gilby runs through and slots into the bottom corner to make it 1-0. Um, they respond back Tranmere three minutes later with a pretty wicked deflection. I mean, they put it down as their player scoring, but I mean, it's definitely an own goal, let's be honest. Um, and a pretty cruel way to rule out Michael Kelly's uh, first clean sheet in the EFL. Um, 
and yeah, I mean, I was of course there was a bit back and forth after that, particularly from a Don's perspective, trying to get that that last goal. Of course, Gilby again in the first half had a good chance, and Ellis Harrison missed a missed a one on one, but he certainly made up for it in the ninety seventh minute, where a bit of volleyball ball with head of volleyball in the box fell fell to him in the box, and he calmly tucked it away to make it two one, and sent the away end into absolute limbs, and by the sound of it, the bench also. So, um, Joe a a fruitful visit to Liverpool in the end, or the outskirts of Liverpool anyway. Um, how do you find it from a in-person perspective? Yeah, I think one thing you can do is you can almost compare it to the sort of the Christmas games. And of course, we won those. And I thought this was more of the Morecambe level of performance. You know, I think we've both been open in saying Colchester, yeah, decent. Crawley, we were lucky. And yeah. Doncaster, you know, we got found out. So, excuse me. So to speak, but I think um, what was really pleasing was that, as well as the result, the performance was there. I thought it was so harsh for them to have got that goal, just in terms of how we played. It was like thirty-yard speculative cross or shot or something. I don't know. And um, you know, Michael Kelly put it pretty well. He's like, "I'm never going to have a go at a player for trying to block a shot or something." So it's just so unfortunate. That's two two own goals for and four of this season. <laughs> Both of them, I don't think. Either of them are like his fault, really. Um, but you know, I guess that's you know, maybe maybe that's one for the end of season awards, you know, um, or something. But I think that, yeah, I mean, their tactic was essentially to let us have the ball until the halfway line, and then, and then, and then press us. And you know, the home fans were booing in the first half, in in the second half, sorry. And I think you know, to get a team that's actually the only team comp- whose form is comparable to ours is Tramnet. Yeah. Especially at home, they're the only team to win all their festive fixtures, and you know they beat Smash Knots County at home, um, and to to have them almost feel like they needed to show us that respect just shows how well we've done. And I think you know personally, I do think Tramway missed a trick with you know Michael Kelly, as you say, making his debut in the EFL. You know, put him under pressure a little bit, but they kind of let us out of jail with that one. And yeah, we still had a job to do. They sat behind the ball, but I thought we worked it really well. Um, you know, we had a couple of new players and actually I think you could see the difference in how we were able to generate chances. We had a couple of different methods. It wasn't kind of just give it to Joe Tomlinson and hope he, or Alex Gilby and hope they run 30 yards and do something really good. We had a couple of, um, you know, outlets in Kemp and, and um, Lofthouse who offered completely different things, which we'll get onto, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but for me, the manner of it was just the control. You said 25 shots to five or something? But uh, no yeah, point, 25 oh, shots to five. Yeah, bang on. Yeah. And, you know, Kelly, any balls that did come in the box, he dealt with. Any times that they did actually press him, he dealt with the ball brilliantly. Um, and it was such a shame he just couldn't get that clean sheet. And I thought for the team as well, because when you're giving up six shots, five or six shots in a game, uh, away from home to the form team in the league, that's that's some going. You know, ignore the twenty-five shots we had, just to limit them to to what little they had. I think is yeah. something also that really needs to be commended. And I thought probably MJ, since the Wrexham game, MJ Williams probably his best game for us. He was absolutely everywhere. I thought. Yeah, and on, on, on MJ actually, I suppose it's probably the position that we. You could say recruited him for potentially. Admittedly, a different manager, Graham Alexander, admittedly did recruit MJ. But you know, whilst we knew he could play at centre back, he wasn't necessarily recruited to play that position. So, you know, starting in alongside Payne in that sort of 
number four role, as Mike William describes it, rather than the six. Um, yeah, I said he had a fantastic game, you know, 88% pass accuracy from 78 passes. Um, four key passes, of course, as well, and got that, got the assist, one of the goals as well as that. So, yeah, I think it's very much for M- from MJ's perspective, back to the norm of what, what he should be playing at. And obviously with the likes of Louis Wazen and Cameron Norman, who were the back three at the time, um, after a late substitution because of Ethan Robson, um, you know, we actually saw a... A solid, a solid trio there, and potentially a trio that we could see moving forward, particularly with with Lofthouse coming in, and obviously Tomlinson being the ever stay at left wing back. But on the on the back three, Joe, what did what did you think of the back three overall? Obviously, you didn't see many shots. That's a good start. Um, do you reckon that three will be be pretty solid heading into the season, or could someone like Dan Harvey, who's close to coming back, and Jack Tucker also maybe challenge those guys? Um, yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. Um, I think. For me, Tucker is our best defender. However, I do think Was is probably better on the ball, so it's kind of weighing that up a little bit. I think Norman, he's, I, I think he's good, a good right back in a four. But is he, I think it's almost a similar dilemma we had under times at Russell and um, or Liam Manning, where players are good, and, it, and it's the same with Harvey. I think in terms of with Norman, they're good fullbacks, but they're not necessarily wingbacks like Tomlinson or you know, we'll come on to Lofthouse in a bit. So I think, actually, there's quite a few players competing for that centre-back um, position. I definitely think um, with the schedule we've got coming up, Lewington and and Harvey will probably be rotated quite a lot. Yeah. I think Harvey Harvey as well, I think he is an able deputy at left wing-back. For me, you know, he scored three goals in like 15 games or something this season. So he's been good going forward this season for me. Um, so I think him and Tomlinson can interchange and, you know, uh, and um, provide a bit of depth there. And I think, yeah, Tucker, he'll be competing with Norman and uh, Warren O'Hara for that other centre-back spot, I think, um, definitely. But I'm, um, yeah, comfortable with that. But again, it's just the the Lewington, I wouldn't, you know, we saw what happened over Christmas, you know, four games in 10 days is brutal at the best of times. And especially with Lewington, who basically had maybe three or four games before that after coming back from being, having, you know, four months out or so. Um it just seemed like a little bit too far, that Doncaster game for, for Dean Lewington. So, um, yeah, and I think keeping Dean fresh, I think him and Harvey will interchange and then Tomlinson maybe can come on the right and Harvey goes left wing back and, you know, you can change all these things around. Um, but I think um, Williamson referenced it in his, um, in his, in his uh, press conference. We've got options now, which previously we maybe didn't have. And I think it's, and so that's, and so I think once they're back, fit from injury then it's you know it's a decision but it's a decision that the manager wants to make you know you want to have those difficult decisions and uh, I, I wouldn't actually say I have a particular three that I think this is them they need to be nailed on but I think as long as the balance is right within them so you've you've not all got all ball players or you've not all got all sort of you know so I, I, I don't know whether I'd want um, Tucker, Norman and Lewington because I think that you know, I think you do need one person who's a bit more ball playing. So maybe I think you need one of Harvey and Warren in there as well, just because they're yeah, yeah, yeah. so good on the ball. So I think it's as long as the balance is right, I think um, I'm quite happy with their combination of the, what, five, is it? Five to choose from? Yeah, five. Five very, very solid options, particularly for League Two. Um, and we did say going into the season, I think that that position group is arguably the strongest in the squad. And I think even after... January recruitment and all of that, that still is the case. But yeah, I think I think the back three, if we had a perfect world, I think 
whilst it whilst it is nicely dealing to start games every week, I think it, the the consistent three will probably be Harvey, Tucker, and Was for me. Um, and they'll take some some beating to be honest. Yeah, because as you mentioned, the ball playing ability of Was and 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 Harvey on either side, and then with Tucker and his defending ability, arguably on on its day the best in the league. Um, I can't see that back three getting um ran through much to be honest uh, at all, and particularly with. As you mentioned, um, you know, the new signings coming in and, and Tomlinson on the wing backs as well, you know, with very, very exciting back five and a, a back five that should create and prevent plenty of goals. Um, let's go on to the new recruits then. Uh, well, one of them is a returning recruit, of course, and Dan Kemp. Obviously, a player who well, received smash at the league now for on two separate occasions for Hartley Paul and Swindon. Obviously, got recalled by Mike Williamson uh, pretty much right at the start of the window after, after the New Year's Day game. Uh, for Swindon, um, played on the right-hand side of the front three, alongside Max Dean and Alex Gilby. Um, I've had mixed reviews about him, and obviously, I think some people expected him to be like Superman in his first game back and get like a hat trick and you know do like whatever celebration. Um, but to be honest, I thought he still had a solid game. To be honest, from what I can see, and um, from what I understand, Joe, you, you pretty much agree with me. Or tell me, tell me if you do. Yeah, no, I think. He, he looked to make things happen. I think with someone like Conor Grant, I think he was, you know, one of our big, you know, one of our big, um, the bit the things we love about Conor Grant is how good he is on the ball. But we, one, what have we criticised about Dan Kemp, uh, about uh, Conor Grant is the lack, the lack of end product. Now, not everything was coming off for Dan Kemp because there was 10 men behind the ball. But, you know, he, I think he had six shots in the game, came yeah. close with a couple. He also... You know, he was quick to try a ball. He was quick to, like, you know, he was really quite inventive with his passing. And when you're that sort of player, it's not going to come off that often. You know, Conor Grant, he, he's very good on the eye, but, you know, we've been critical of, of his output. And we understand it because he's a young player and he's still a fantastic player. However, you do need output, especially when you're playing that high up the pitch. And that's something that you can't argue that he's had at Swindon. And I think he just added a bit of an impetus about us. And, you know, you could tell he was committed to the cause, you know, some great celebrations from him at the end and yeah. g the crowd up for corners and things like that. So, yeah, I think he was trying to make things happen. And it is very difficult. I mean, you hear about these, um, um, you know, you hear about the top Premier League teams say, you know, it's, so, it's a different game because you're basically, the teams are never going to try and attack. So, which Tranmere pretty much didn't. So it's completely different to a lot of games which we will have this season where he will have a lot more space um, and he will have a lot more time afforded to him. Whereas I think this was a completely unique game in terms of it was at times attack versus defence. And okay, we didn't rack up four or five goals or whatever, but we created chances and we had shots. And I think in, in previous times, we've been critical of this team under Manning and maybe under Martin, Russell Martin as well of trying to pass teams to death. Well, I think someone like Dan Kemp is someone that's not afraid to to, to go for the higher risk um, opportunities. You know, so the shot on the edge of the box that, you know, oh, maybe I should put it out wide. Well, no, Dan Kemp will have a go from outside the box because he backs his ability and he's scored plenty that way this season. So, um, yeah, look, I mean... I, he, at the end of the day, as well, he, he he's not you know the second coming of Christ, but he's well, exactly. the second coming. Well, second coming of Dan Kemp, isn't it? <laughs> and it's a brand yeah. new team. It's, it's a brand new team who's tra- who's trained with for four, five, no, no, a week or so. 
Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it, obviously, we both had a chance to speak to Dan previously, you know, outside of when I think probably one of his maybe potentially lowest points at the club about speaking for him in terms of when he wasn't really getting game time under Manning. And I think you could tell that he was missing playing football. And obviously, the two loan spells he had had with Hartley Paul and Swindon have given him a chance to do that. And I think he's proven that, you know, at this level, he has the ability to be arguably the best player in the league. So the fact, I think you have to play him. It's very much a high-risk, high-reward strategy, but I, I like it. And I think, you know, it will pay off more times than it won't. And at, the, at times in the first half, we were kind of getting to the halfway line. And it was very much the defence were passing it around themselves. And Tranmere's, you know, um, unit was really solid and fair play. He was coming deep and looking for that ball. And he was trying to make things happen. And he wasn't just on the fringes of the game. He was constantly trying to get involved. So I think that's that's another thing I really liked about him. It wasn't just, uh, well, you get it up, you get it up the up the pitch, and then I'll, you know, then I'll see what I can do and just spam a shot from thirty yards. No, he was actively looking, playing one twos, trying to create angles. So yeah, I, there was a real willingness from him to work both on and off the ball, and um, and uh, there was you know there was flashes of real quality. No no goal or assist, but certainly you know made things happen. Absolutely, and if, and if, that willing, if that willingness and like opportunity is there, then he'll, he'll get goals and assists this season, no doubts. And I'm sure he'll help us towards our goals this year for sure. Um, of course, the other player who came on uh, wasn't actually meant to start the game, but I did it did in the end because of unfortunately Ethan Robson picking up a slight knock. Fortunately, uh, Ethan's all okay, so he's back with training with the team and hopefully will be on the bench on Saturday against Morecambe. Um, but Lofthouse, Karen uh, Lofthouse came in, of course, um, a Gateshead player who. Well, Barnsley player by contract was at Gateshead on loan. Um, Barnsley recalled him and then sent him on loan to us again. Uh, back to his, his um, back to Mike Williamson. Um, we were told he was a pretty lively wing back. Obviously, his stats kind of speak for themselves from non league in terms of what he did um, this season in particular. Uh, and Joe, he, I quite like him actually. I think he looks all right from the bits I've seen. I'm looking forward to watching him this week. He's going to be a lot of fun, I think. He, um, he got into some fantastic positions and yeah, it, the final ball wasn't quite there. But I say, um, I, um, I speak to, um, we had him on before Landy, who's an Ox County fan, and they've got yeah. a wing back, Aaron Lemayne. And I'd argue he's one of the best dribblers in the league, but his goals and assists, you know, they're not that high. And Dan was saying, well, yeah, but if his goals and assists, if he, if he managed to pull out a good cross every time he dribbled past someone, he'd be in the championship. He wouldn't be in league two. <laughs> and, <laughs> What we saw from Lofthouse, I think, was a willingness to get forward, a willingness to get back as well. He's he's big as well. He's like it's all similar to Norman, like the build. I was quite shocked. I was like, oh, guys, not he's not Kessel Hayden. <laughs> he's built, <laughs> um, but he, he he got into those areas. He he had touches in the box, like he was coming inside. He was overlapping. Um, he was decent on the ball without being like sort of. No, you know, no. Sometimes you see someone, and that you can tell that you know, really. Like Ethan Laird, he was really good on the ball, but maybe didn't have the defensive side, but he had the attacking side. Whereas Lofthouse, I think is, he's, I think he's going to be very solid, and I think in the attacking third, he's going to make things happen, and he's also going to, I think he's going to make do things that no one else on the pitch can do. But then also, he'll get, you know, get through and the ball will be just there and he'll shank across out to the crowd. But I think that's the sort of, it's the high risk, high reward sort of player. We're getting high octane. He's going to be up and down that uh, right flank like anything. 
And I think it's one of them players where it's a difference maker. Like on his day, no one in the league will be able to keep up with him. Okay, right, it's early days, but I, I you know, I think there's going to be times where he's hit, there's going to be times where he's missed. But again, he's in, what, 20, 21 years old? Or no, no, he's 23, I think, isn't he? Uh, I would double check. He is. But he has played games before. Yeah, he's So he's got experience in the leagues before. Um, he was at Woking, I think, last season under. Yeah, he was Woking. at Woking. Yeah. Um, and they were a team that I think they I think they got playoffs last year as well. So you know he's been a t- he's been playing in good teams that played you know decent sort of football. He obviously Barnes, him and Barnsley obviously saw something in Mike Williamson, and yeah. I don't think it's any coincidence that we're going for a similar sort of profile player, which I'm really glad to see. Um, so, yeah, I think there'll be times where we need to bear with him, but I think there's times also where he'll make the difference in a tight game. And I think he'd, he's he's one of them players I think he'll be. Yeah, so one, one of my biggest frustrations, like wing-back role, was when someone like Norman was playing in it, for example, and he would just sprint 15 yards, not see anything, and turn back and pass it back to Warren O'Hora. That it's never be like horrific, would he, Norman? He was a steady pair of hands. Like exactly. He wouldn't then do the, like, he was always a six or a seven, whereas I think Lofthouse could be a nine or a four, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and I'd like to think, like, say he is a bit more advanced going forward, then the likes of particularly Williams, but also Jack Payne can kind of cover his tracks a little bit and give him a bit of protection. Um, so, yeah, no, it's it's exciting. And I think getting that result at Tranmere gives us a good omen moving forward, particularly with these three home games coming up, which, you know, really we should be getting, for me, at, at least seven points. Um, you know, Morecambe, um, unfortunately, have lost a lot of players. Lost Eli King to Scotland, um, have lost a top score, top goal scorer also, Michael Mellon. Um, and obviously they've got all the off-the-field off issues and potential points deduction coming. So they're in a tough spot. Um, obviously, AFC, you always want to beat them, and we usually do beat them at our place. Um, and then Gillingham, which is arguably toughest out of the three games. Um, but again, a, a game where you'd probably fancy ourselves. So, yeah, three big hangers coming up and which could project us at the, even further at the table to where we are currently, which would only be a good thing. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, let's let's talk transfers, Joe. Obviously, we were going to start with um, who we potentially want in, but... I think we've kind of been given the layup by the club in some ways. We spoke about it last time in terms of the goalkeeper situation. And um, obviously, since then, it was announced this afternoon that um, Craig McGillivray has joined Stevenage on loan for the rest of the season. Um, some people were surprised it was only a loan. Um, I'm sure we can both agree it was only a, probably a loan because of the, of the probably contract and such or wages that McGillivray's on uh, currently. Um, but I suppose it opens up a goalkeeper position in squad potentially. Um 
I know there's a strong rumor again about that Villa keeper. Um, if it is him, um, I suppose if it is him or it's someone like him, what sort of keeper do you want in? Um, well, I guess I say there's no smoke without fire, and something that was linked to yeah. the window had even opened. I think we could probably connect the dots up here. Um, so the rumored goalkeeper is Philip Marshall of Aston Villa, 19 years old, six foot five by all accounts, a big man. Um, but I think um, it's a very clear shift in style for me. Um, now, I think it's just something to note, you know, obviously we had under previous managers we did have, who did play out from the back, we had obviously Andrew Fisher, who with Andy Fisher, I think he was very good with his feet and sometimes could have done better with his hands. We then had Jamie Cumming, who I thought was absolutely unbelievable with his hands. However, a lot of people would argue he could maybe do better with his feet. With Craig McGillivray, I would say he's kind of been pretty okay at both. I think he's had a few games where we've seen the sort of form he had against us on the last day of the season for Burton Albion, where quite frankly, I thought we were signing the second coming of Lev Yashin. However, <laughs> um, I think that Matt Galivray, he's been a decent shot stopper and he's been okay with his feet. And I think what we're doing now, and I don't, I can't profess to know anything about the perceived sort of, you know, the quality of his shot saving or, you know, his presence. And I'm, I'm nowhere near a goalkeeper expert, but I think it's just a shift in style more than anything. And I think, you know, maybe we will be sacrificing some actual goalkeeping ability for the sake of, you know, being all joined up in, as one in the philosophy side of things. Potentially, anyway. I, I Again, it, I, I can't profess to know too much, but to me it points towards a a change in the type of goalkeeper. In terms of ability, I'm not too sure. I can't really say too much on that. Yeah, it's a really interesting one, actually, because obviously not only did um, Marshall play under Williamson at Gateshead um, last season, but it could be a situation where, um, and funny enough, you know, Ken actually mentioned it regarding the fish situation, where we weren't conceding too many shots as a team, but all the shots that we were conceding were, were often quite go- going in the back of the net. Um, also, I hope it doesn't turn to that, but I think that's a conversation worth having there in terms of, you know, that could potentially happen again and people could get quite frustrated by, oh, we could have kept a really good shot stopping McGivray, but instead we brought this young kid in from Villa who, yes, he's a presence from set pieces, but ultimately has got poppered on hands, essentially, and can't save nothing. So it'll be an interesting one, but I, I'd like to think that won't be the case, but it could happen. But, but my point is kind of, with Jamie Cumming, we didn't necessarily mind it because he was so good with his hands and he yeah. was a top three, four goalkeeper. I'd say Matt Gillivray, he's been a decent League Two shot stopper. I wouldn't say he's in the top three or four. If he was, if he was say, you know, shot stopping at a top two or three level, I'd say, look, we can leave it. I'm absolutely fine with him. Yeah, okay, we might lose a little bit, but we're gaining a lot. If he, but I think he's been. He's been okay. He's been decent. So I think it's where we're kind of like, well, you know, the drop-off might not be that bad in terms of that, but we're gaining a lot on the other side. That's that's how I'm looking at it. Yeah, it makes sense. And I, I agree. I just wanted to, I wanted to predict the future in some ways. I think that could potentially happen, but hopefully it doesn't. And I hope he's absolutely smash hit and uh, helps us towards what we want to get to. But 
I suppose, let's say Marshall comes in, uh, that key position is sorted. Um, I can probably see, let's say it happens like by, before the Morecambe game, like Williamson was saying, then I could probably see Kelly starting against Morecambe and then Marshall may potentially coming in for the AFC game. Um, I suppose, you know, there's, Williamson said in his presser that on, on the rest of the window that, you know, if the quality's there, we'll sign it. If we can sign it, we will. Um, so I suppose he was pretty open in terms of any positions that he could potentially want. I know some people want another midfielder in to potentially cover um, Robson and, and the likes of Robson Payne and Andrew Williams. Don't mind that shout. Um, I know there's some previous chat about a centre-back. I think that probably won't happen. Um, and then I, I suppose also if some certain strikers do leave, maybe a striker potentially comes up. Um, is there anyone on your shopping list in terms of positions that you potentially want to or you would potentially look at or recruit for? Yeah, I can easily see a world where we sign another central midfielder, more of a metronome type. Um, you know, I think we've got, we know with MJ and Ethan Robson, we've got the workhorse types. Yeah. Um, and let's face it, <clears throat> excuse me, Payne was not signed to be playing, um, you know, in a deep pivot along with MJ Williams. He was signed to be at the top end of the pitch. And we've seen when he does go on his burst in runs, what he can do at that end of the pitch. He's got a hell of a strut left foot on him. Um, he takes a lot of our set pieces as well. So I think, um, you know, he's going to be, it'll be even more potent in the final third of the pitch. Um, so potentially that one there, just, um, you know, a, a ball player there, just to, someone to tick things along. Um, wing backs now, I think I'm quite happy with. I think we both mentioned about wing. Yeah. Norman can play there. Lofthouse can play there. Tomlinson can play the right wing back as well. So there's three options there. And left wing back, you've got Harvey, um, Tomlinson, and then even Alunga. So yeah, backline for me is is fine, um, and then and then striker wise, well, I mean, let's let's um, have a quick word for Ellis Harrison, by the way, because I, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts one or more of these next three, bunch of three games, because say what you like about him, I, I he's different to Max Dean, however, he has a lot of good qualities, and I think we spoke about it when we were looking for you know. Um, players that Alexander was signing, we said basically his profile. And we've started to see how actually towards the end of the game, he was bringing Kemp and Gilby into the game more. He was laying it off. Lecco, he was bringing him into the game. And yeah, okay, he missed the one-on-one. But I know people, I've seen people saying as well that the goal he actually scored was quite scrappy. But I think the composure he has is mental. Because yeah, yeah, exactly. He could easily swipe at that shot first time. But have you seen how he, he, he actually stops, pulls his foot back and he lets it like come across him. And he knows at that point, all he's got to do is just tap it into a virtually empty goal. And I thought in that moment of chaos where everyone was screaming, <laughs> shouting and thinking, what the hell is happening? He had the, he was just, he was the calmest man on the pitch. And I think um, from all accounts, he's an absolutely cracking fellow. Like you see how delighted those players were. And, you know, it cannot be easy knowing... Especially, you know, a 19-year-old's come in and, yeah, he has done fantastic. But it can't be easy for him, especially when he came in in the summer thinking it would be one thing and now it's completely different, let's face it. He thought he'd be coming in to be playing for Alexander, a certain type of football. You know, oh, yeah, you'll be our number nine and all this. And all of a sudden, it's turned upside down. And he's been, he scored three goals off the bench now. And I've always been impressed with his little cameos. It's very different starting a game. Sure. Uh, I, I think he's been absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, anyway, back to strikers in the transfer market. 
Um, Max Dean, I'm sure he'll be getting um, some interest. I, I reckon it stinks of like Peterborough or something, doesn't it? Well, that's um, the rumor, isn't it? Yeah, but I, I think I don't think we, I think we're we're unless we can get someone else in that's similar in ability, I don't think we'll do it. Yeah, um, and then Leco and Ice, we've mentioned. I think Leco, he's had a few good cameos off the bench. He's had a few bad cameos off the bench. On his day, he's unbelievable. When he's not on his day, you'd rather play with 10 men. It's just one of them where he's completely up in the air. Um, but I think that Williamson actually quite likes him. Um, Ison's the one where I'd kind of be thinking, look, he's got six months left on his deal. If we can get him out the door along with the way, along with the wages, maybe we go for a locker. I think I said before, maybe like a Premier League loanee, yeah, a yeah. joker in the pack something to shove on the, off the bench but for me starting wise Max Dean and Ellis Harrison I don't think you can improve too much on that in terms of starting strikers especially as if you do then blow the bank on someone well you're going to have Ellis Harrison and Max Dean sat there not playing so I mean what do you reckon Liam on strikers yeah just quickly on Harrison obviously I remember when we spoke to um Hayes Football about just players we thought that maybe we could like you know not surprised, but like be standouts. And yeah, I remember, remember saying Harrison and getting a, some friendly banter between some of the boys in, in the group. And uh, I think this is, I think it's come to roost in some ways in terms of that. Cause yeah, I think the quality has always been there for that type of player. And yeah, I'm, I'm Williams mentioned his press conference. I choose sort of said, you know, he's had to like sit down with him and sort of say, okay, I appreciate this. You're not, you're not starting every single week, but you know, I need you to come on the bench and get me some goals and mentor Max as well. And I think he's done a fantastic job of that. And, yeah, certainly been a good role model for everyone in the group. And I think it shows the togetherness and sort of mentality that Williamson's trying to get across with the rest of the team. But yeah, I think it's tough, isn't it? Because obviously you mentioned you mentioned um, Leco and Isa. They're probably two of the biggest earners in the group. Um, and trying to shift those wages in January is is such a tough sell. Um, I imagine McGivoray's one was quite a sell, let alone trying to shift Moe's. So, yeah, I think we've done really well there, to be honest. To, yeah, especially yeah, because like I said, it wasn't as if McGillivray was like on fire, and it was you know uh, yeah. So I, I think we've done really well there. I mean, obviously, we're, the good thing with Mo is, and I think he's got this over Leco in some respects. I think Leco will probably stay actually based off um, how Williams has been using him recently. Um, with Mo, is that whilst it was a few seasons ago, he has got a proven League Two and even League What League One record. So there is some sort of pedigree there that a club could. That pension struggling could actually go for and get go for and get it, but Chelsea again... have just come into some money. They've just sold their striker. Could he return well, go. back to Cheltenham? And then again, they're doing quite well under the Daryl Clark. They're, they're actually scored. Do you remember they didn't score for was it ten or eleven games or something? <laughs> now they can't so... stop scoring. No, no. Um, sorry, sorry, I've, I've been no, scoring. it's all right. It's, it's, uh, yeah, uh, in short, I I don't know. I, I think if we kept the current group, I wouldn't be mad. If we sold one, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If we kept the current group, we wouldn't be mad. If we got rid of one and got Aloni in, I wouldn't be mad either. I think as long as we keep Dean and Harrison, I like the front two, um, then yeah, I think we'll be fine. And there's plenty of goals behind them as well that we can play off. And again, it's about, um, you know, not having one person scoring the goals, about the whole team scoring the goals. So yeah, no, the squad's in a pretty good spot. Admittedly, probably a bit crowded, especially when the injuries, uh, injured players come back which should be pretty soon by the sound of things. Um, but yeah, for now, I'm um, pretty pleased and I think it's a very competitive team. 
and so another, another two things which we've actually missed off just probably in the whirlwind of what's been happening um, so Dara Burns I don't know if we've actually mentioned he's gone off to um, to Shamrock Rovers and Dawson yeah, Devoy yeah. Dawson Devoy so now we are another central midfielder short so I think that is you know maybe an area but he's gone alone to Swindon um, so that will be an interesting one they actually played him as like a number 10 a bit further forward in his first game well, yeah, and I think from the Dawson Devoy enthusiasts, there are far and few in the, in the sort of Oliver fan base. Yes, the based on action, it is one of those people. Um, yeah, he's always been a ten. I think he should. I think he should have been playing a ten for the whole time. But people seem obsessed to playing him as a six or a four, and it's not working. It's not working. His best games with him and I remember Portsmouth away in the cup. No one went to it because he had them two weeks later or something. Him and yeah, Dara we Burns. Like... We lost. Everyone else went to the league game where we won, mate. Yeah, yeah. Well, well. I'll die fan, mate. I go to the cup games as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, those two were playing this t- attacking players and shock horror. They both had a really good game and I think they both scored, or at least Dawson Boyd got a couple of assists. So yeah, I, I don't think it's rocket science sometimes. I think managers get in their own heads. Um, but yeah, I think we did well at Swindon, actually. I think he's, I don't get me wrong, I think it was part of the old the whole chem situation potentially um but yeah listen i think he'll do well there and i think he'll, he'll benefit from it more than most will and then of course we've got the final incoming which i think nicely rounds off our sort that sort of area of the pitch and stephen Wern arriving on a on a fee we've paid for him from uh Gates yeah State, yeah so, i mean i think that you know we've got a nice little quartet there of you've got grant gilby kemp um, you've even got Leco who can play there, and also Payne. You know, should we get some more depth in central midfield? So, happy with that area of the pitch. I think so. Um, I don't think you can get many more bodies in there, to be honest. Um, you know, we already said it was quite a competitive um, group of individuals, let alone without with Kemp and, and obviously Wern coming in, who who sounds like he might be available for Barrow potentially. Um, so yeah, I think one could go as as mentioned. I think you kind of group Leco into that group as well potentially, and I think if the club needs that sort of creative playmaker, who knows he might go. Um, but yeah, it's again a bit like the centre backs. It's a it's a really really solid group, and again, I think Williamson has struggled to decide who's going to pick week to week. Um, but yeah, no, very very good group, and I think anyone's got anyone's additions to that side of the pitch, then I'll be very surprised. Um, one question as well: Is it Wern or Win? Or when? I think when, it's I think Wern. it's Wern. 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 Stephen Wern. Wern. I'm gonna go with Wern. I think it is Wern, but I, I probably overthink thought overthought it big time. Yeah, I think Williamson calls him Wernie, so Wernie. I'm gonna go with Wern. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. anyway. Okay. So, Joe, before we sign off, um, thoughts on the next week coming up? Obviously, we'll talk about Gillingham um, next week, of course, but three games at home um, to, around off the month. Um, should we be picking up some decent amount of points here, do you reckon? I reckon we will. Yeah. Um, one thing I would say, though, is you know none of them are gimmies because Morecambe, no. they've been riding high and, OK, they've lost a few players and they've gone back down a little bit now, but, you know, decent team for sure. Um, I'll, I'll go talk about Gillingham next. They've got a new manager who's pretty much changing their style of play from, you know, Neil Harris. So similar situation to us with Alexander. In, but the, you know, under Neil Harris, they were doing really well playing that sort of way. Um, and we saw how clinical they were against us. Um, 
and, and that was probably one of our lowest moments in, in terms of this season. Um, so I think, you know, Gillingham, they're starting to, I think they're starting to put a little bit together now and starting to get to grips. They've certainly got some good players and they've spent some money. They've just brought in, I think, Romeo, Romeo Hatton. Uh, or is it, okay. Uh, um, and the, what Romeo something, he's from um, Swindon and he's he's got like the most assists in from a defender in the last two seasons, I think. Bar, bar Jody Jones, but, you know, he's yeah. really, isn't he? Uh, but um, yeah, I think, <laughs> So they're a good team. But for me, I, I do think the most, just, just purely in terms of on the pitch, is, is AFC Wimbledon. I think they've had a fantastic season. I actually think they're one of the sec, like, top three away teams, actually, this season. Um, but, you know, one huge, huge factor is that they are without their, arguably, the best striker in the league in Ali Al-Hamadi, uh, Ali Al I believe his name is. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. got that wrong. Um, he's away with Iraq and also Omar Bugle, um, who's a bit more of a, like, sort of a target man, I believe. And he's um, representing Lebanon at the uh, Asian Cup, I believe that is. Um, they're both there. So very unfortunate timing for them. However, you know, with all due respect, they are a decent team. And they're in and around there with us in the league table. So I think, to be honest, I'd probably, in, in terms of, you know, that's probably the biggest banana, banana skin for us. I'd still, I'd say we're probably favourites for all three games, but I'd definitely say that the AFC Wimbledon game has the potential to be the closest, um, you know, and, and that's just for a variety of reasons, but they are a good, of course. You know, they are a good team, let's if we're, you know, taking our um, bias hats off. <laughs> Yeah, of course, oh, obviously. I'll put it back on now. So. Oh, there we go, back on. Didn't take long off, did it? Um, yeah, obviously, you know, as Joe said, no, three, three, three very, very competitive games. Um, and games, obviously, we can all attend, I'm sure. I'm sure it'll all be there. And particularly for that Tuesday night game against AFC, um, obviously rearranged. Um, not many Block 11 tickets left, as far as I'm aware. But if there are any left, please snap them up and back the boys. It might be a, potentially a chilly one. Uh, compared to, if it's this week, if it's the same as this week, it's going to be absolutely freezing. Um, so yeah, I think we're going to need everyone there now just for warmth, to be honest, and anything else. So it'll be good. Okay, uh, we will sign off there. Obviously, if we'll see you on Saturday if you are at SAMK, um against Morecambe, and of course on Tuesday night as well against AFC. Uh, have a good rest of your weeks. And yeah, you're not sure Liam will be the one in a balaclava. Ah, uh, well, 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 we'll see. We'll see. I might try to sneak onto the bench and see if I can get like, a big like uh, trench coat and sneak on there. Had a chat to Williamson. Um, but yeah, have a good rest of your week, guys. Uh, and we'll catch up with you next week. And until then, come on, you dons. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.